2: Welcome back, Supercoach365 Podcast. We're teaming up again tonight, Ryan Selvich, Tommy Hudson, to talk all things number nine. Plenty of hookers to get through. And uh, we're going to chat about 10 of them, Tommy. And uh, speaking of that, seems to be one name on everybody's lips, though, when you're picking a hooker.
3: I think so. I mean, we'll get into who we're talking about soon. I think if you listen to our first episode of the year the other night. uh, I probably alluded to who I was pretty keen on but there's a lot of good options out there and I think in the hooker spot a lot of people like to play a cheap option too so we'll probably explore those as well.
2: Yeah so stick around for that we're going to chat up to 10 hookers as we say we're going to break them down in terms of their guns or next best as we've sort of categorized them here who can improve some cheapies and maybe even a couple to avoid as well Uh, as you alluded to there mate uh, this is our second episode back for 2023 Uh, to any of those who have missed the first one be sure to uh, head on over to youtube or spotify apple Podcasts, wherever you uh, can get us and uh, might take the opportunity now to give ourselves a little plug Uh, we're going to be running out content thick and fast over the next month or so leading into the trials so no better time to subscribe or follow like uh, across the socials as well just search at supercoach365 so obviously coming up we're going to talk hookers uh, we've already said that but we'll get into a couple of questions from our listeners as well and tommy we may as well start with a bit of news because there's plenty of it and since we last spoke and it was only a couple of days ago uh, we sat here we spoke about prices and gave some specific numbers around it but the, the prices have changed on us they've, they've gone up slightly but it looks like it's gone up in even increments so probably not too much damage done to supercoaches
3: no, it was an unexpected price, rise. Right? So I don't think any of us had sort of had that on our radar. Um, I thought the prices they'd come out with in the team picker would have been the ones that they run with throughout the year. But uh, as you've done the research, 14%, it has gone up by. Uh, I think you said this. I don't know if this is actually why, but are they trying to get it in line with the actual salary cap?
2: Well, I think so. I mean, I can't imagine any other reason why they would have in saying that, though, I think the salary cap now, as it is in SuperCoach, is around eleven point six million or thereabouts. Could be wrong, but I think it's around that mark. And the collective bargaining agreement, the dispute which rolls on between the NRL and the Players Association, I think they're aiming closer to twelve. So I don't know. Make of it what you will. It doesn't really add up for mine. For what it is worth, for those who don't have gold at the moment, I think we were working off a, a dollars per point previously of around 9,190. It's gone up, that that number now, that magic number is 10,526. So essentially what you do with that is, is you take that number, 10,526, you times it by their last year's average, and that will give you their new price. I think for Ryan Pappenhausen as the the top price to play around 950,000, you'll be able to work backwards from there for anyone else, or just spend the 20 bucks and get gold. It's probably easier to do that.
3: I think if you're a desperate player and you're you're desperate enough to listen to us, uh, it's probably worth the 20 bucks, to be honest. Uh, but that, that is a good way of sort of working out who is value and who isn't, I think. Um, another thing that's come out in the last few days is, or an article, I think it was this morning, of uh, the ownership percentages so far in the team picker, yeah. and I'll let you take us through some of them. I think most of them were not too surprising, but uh, what were your early takeouts from that?
2: As a tried and tested, rusted on Dolphins fan, it pleased me to see that there were four Dolphins inside the top 20 most popular players. And to be honest, it's purely at their price. It's something that we're going to say time and time again in this preseason, purely at the price. But the Hammer, obviously um, Val Meninga, Val Tafade, uh, Isaiah Katoa and Ray Stone, I think they're all under about 300000 maybe Hammer slightly just over that, but... All in all, uh, popular Dolphins. And, again, they're going to be some cheap players uh, at the club. If they can get a run, particularly uh, those middle two names there, uh, Val Tafade and Isaiah Katoa, they're going to make serious cash, you think, because they've got talent in spades. They just need to get a go.
3: Yeah, I guess, um, I mean, a lot of the casual NRL fans wouldn't really know a lot of these people from uh, Redcliffe. Cliff. Oh, sorry, the Dolphins. I won't offend you. Uh, but... Um, if you do know that sort of research is going to be invaluable with this extra team coming in, um, just having a look at some of the other people. So, Josh Schuster was the most uh popular so far, 76.2%. Yep. Doesn't surprise me given that he's going to start in the halves for Manly and he's 240k, so he's really hard not to have in your team and he's a dual player as well. And then Cleary was the next, which is not surprising. Brandon Smith, Charles Douglas, clock start at four was odd. I thought I was going out at Olympic again the other night, but yeah, clearly a lot of the game
2: has think there's a bit of value there. People like playing players who uh, full uh, sorry fullback in um, you know real world NRL in the CTW slot. Anyway, we'll get into that um, in full uh, maybe a little bit later on, closer to the preseason, or at least you'll hear us talk about who's the most owned player once players once the game opens up around uh, fortnight's time from now, um, and a couple of those names will figure uh, prominently tonight, not least. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we may as well say it, Harry Green. He's on uh, plastered all over the YouTube tile that you would have seen, the social medias. If you're picking a hooker, it's hard to go past. Before we get into hookers, though, very quickly, and we, we have to touch on this, Tommy, you've put this together. You're like the magistrate's uh, right-hand man here. You've put a, a list of court appearances in order.
3: Well, It's pretty sad that we have to do this, but uh, when I picked Leilua in my initial team, you reminded me that he's actually facing assault charges, which is quite relevant. <laughs> and I, I, just digging a little bit deeper, he's currently stood down under that no-fault f- no policy. So uh, if circumstances don't change, he won't be playing to round 12, which wow. is probably going to deter you from putting him in your side. It also opens up a spot in the second row. And I thought of Helam Lukey, but he is also still injured. I think he had an ACL at the end of last year. So there's definitely a spot there. I think you mentioned Mitch Dunn as one option. But yeah, they could be without Leilua. Uh, for the start of the year. Just quickly as well, Talatau Amon is likely to miss parts of this season. I think Jaden Sullivan's tip to get the six jersey. I think I think you've had um, raps on him over the last few years, having watched him in, you know, New Cup and uh, coming through That's the grades. to me, mate.
2: I don't, I don't know if I've... I don't know. I mean, again, it's purely I'm one of those players...
3: Of, uh, yes, go on. Go on. No, who, go on. I'm thinking of uh, the Guru. He always talks about Bud Sullivan, and I was just thinking you did. But either way, uh, he has some raps on him, and this might be his chance, you know, to partner Ben Hunt, a player of his stature in the halves, could be his chance.
2: Guru might be offended by that, or he might take it as a compliment. I mean, uh, we're both running the beard and such. Anyway, uh, Joshi Curran, as you say there, um, another one, uh, he's pleading not guilty. I don't know. We don't want to get bogged down in all this stuff, but it is important to consider this, isn't it, this time of year? Because like you, you made the mistake the other day of picking Leilua, If you're not up with all this news and and not knowing of when these players are expected back, you could make the mistake. Obviously, we're going to get to Team List Tuesday. Those names won't be there. But it is going to play a role in how you construct your team and the prices uh, around those other players. You got anything else for us, Tommy, on the news front?
3: Nah, my core reporting is finished there. So let's get into the content.
2: Court is now out of session. Let's talk some hookers. And uh, we've already mentioned his name there, Harry Grant. We're starting at the top of the board with hookers. It makes sense because obviously, you know, when you're picking your team from top to bottom, the hooker slot is he's at the top. And Harry Grant at $816,000 or thereabouts, 816500 uh, he is uh, 36.8% owned as it, as we go to air tonight, and I only expect that number to rise, to be honest. He's the 13th most owned player, as you see here on your screens. And he has a pretty good start to the year in games against the Eels, the Bulldogs, and the Titans.
3: Really good start, and then the Tigers in round four. So a nice start there compared to some of the other hookers we'll get into shortly. Also a nice finals run. Uh, Panthers, Raiders, Dragons, Titans... Not too bad at all, and you'd have to expect the Storm to be firing at that end of the year. I- I'm very keen on him. Uh, I made no secret of that the other night. As the first player I picked. I just think last year, 78 average, and now he has no uh, hectic cheese. Brandon Smith there, sort of. Not that he hurt his minutes, but he was always just a presence there that could relieve him if he needed to. Now, yeah. I don't think there's any excuse, and uh, Grant should be playing 80 minutes pretty much every week, you'd think.
2: He'll go close. I... I think they, the the thing about the Storm is is you often see it when they go up by a margin, and it is often Jerome Hughes and Harry Grant. Usually Munster stays out there, and Pappenhausen, when he's fit, he doesn't come off either. But Grant and Hughes are the two which often do earn an early shower. By that point, he's probably scored 100 supercoach points anyway. It doesn't really matter. Uh, Tyrone Wishart, a name which has played at dummy half in the past. I think they were, in fact, grooming him to, to play as a utility number nine last year so he could spell him but as i sort of said there if wisharts on the field at number nine harry grant's probably already done his job uh, i want to talk about what makes him so good though and and i guess difference uh, to a lot of the other names we'll speak of tonight is his ability to not only churn out a consistent score but also that ceiling to go big as well he scored 90 plus points in six of 20 games last year and others around him at that price point or slightly below it, they just can't stack up to that, can they?
3: No, exactly right. There's a lot of high-scoring hookers, but there's no one really with the ceiling that Harry has. He has a ceiling of a half or a fullback almost, and yeah. that's obviously very helpful in all forms of supercoach, uh, particularly probably draft. You know, If you could get him early, have him as a capt- captain option every week, You'll put yourself in good stead, betting classic, I don't think he's ridiculously priced at eight sixteen. I don't think that's too much at all when you consider the players around him. And I, I just have a good feeling about the storm myself as well. And uh, I think he'll be the beneficiary of a better season down there in Melbourne.
2: Yeah, so comparatively, Damian Cook only scored ninety plus in four of twenty games last year. Reese Robson, a player who I can think or who I think can improve upon this number, two of twenty-four. Uh, times uh, in games last year that he scored 90 plus. So again, just backs up what you're saying there. And he's on an upward trajectory as well. He's the Australian number nine or number 14 with Ben Hunt. They sort of mix that role up at the recent World Cup. But in 2020, I think he was around 70 points per game. Uh, 2021 back at Melbourne from the West Tigers, he was uh, 74 or 75 points per game, 78 points per game last year. The decks are being cleared. You said Harry Grant uh, sorry, Harry Grant gets a, a full go at it now that Brandon Smith is gone. So there's no reason why that can't be 80 or 85 if, if Melbourne can get on a roll.
3: Yeah, it does just feel like a perfect storm, pun intended. Um, the, the trajectory is going up the last few years. Like you said there, the biggest uh, factor, which was hurting his minutes, is now gone.
1: Yeah.
3: And we, we're like I said before, we're pretty keen on Melbourne this year to have a good year. I think we said there was a bit of... A fairy tale about it if Bellamy was finishing up so I don't think and with their good runs as well at the start and end of the year I I just think he's almost a must-have
2: yeah the numbers speak for themselves don't they and and you called that must-have status very early last year you're doubling down on it again this year now let's just rewind the clock because if this was 2018 preseason, we might be saying the same about this man of course I'm speaking of Damian Cook this time though last year we weren't saying that Uh, He went on to shock us all. 20 games last year. He strung it together at a 75 points per game average. Pretty impressive from a bloke who was uh, 30 at the time. He's now 31 or will turn 31 this season. But suddenly, Damian Cook, he's just defying uh, father time himself. And he's back right in the conversation, right alongside Harry Grant.
3: Yeah, it was a really good comeback year for Damian Cook last year. I only averaged 66 on Supercoach in 2021 and... He wasn't really at his running best. I think a lot of people put that down to Wayne Bennett, maybe not giving him the license to run around the ruck area. But yeah. he was back with the license last year, 75 average, as we mentioned there. I think there'll be a time this year where Cook is very very relevant. The, the nature of Souths, they really do get on those rolls. Down that left side, Cook starts it through the middle with Cam Murray. So I think you just got to sort of pick your run where you think South will go well and then maybe you can cash in on Damian Cook.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure that run is in this first month of the competition. Though we said it when we were speaking about Latrell the other day, we'll say it again. Uh, the first couple of weeks here, away to Sharks mm-hmm. in round one, then away to Panthers. Uh, that is just a five-day turnaround as well, so not easy going to the home of the champs after you've just played the Sharks at uh, down there at Shark Park. Then away to the Roosters, home to Manly, and then home to Storms. So that, I mean, if you're looking across the competition, that would have to be the the most difficult first five weeks you would think.
3: Yeah, and I think it was similar last year for South, had a very hard start. Um when you compare it to Grant's run that we just spoke about at the start of the year, and Grant is only twenty six thousand dollars more than Cook, it's really hard to start with Damian Cook if you're only starting with one gun hooker. Yep. Because that that start is just It's terrible. You can only play what's in front of you, and they've got a very hard start. He could play as good as he wants. He probably saw an average 60, you'd have to think. So that does make it really hard. And then something you'll touch on in a sec, he's not even there for the grand final later in the year.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, for me, it doesn't make sense to play with Damien Cook for round one because, well, from round one, we've said the first five weeks is tough. Round six to 12, potentially, it gets a little bit easier, but you know he's going to be in the origin camp if he's fully fit. Uh, and if he's not, well, then you don't want him anyway. Has a buy round sixteen and round twenty. So again, coming off the back of Origin three, he won't be there. And then if you're looking more through the draft lens, uh, rounds twenty six, he's not going to be there for the Supercoach Grand Final. Um, that being said, you wouldn't consider taking me in the first round of a draft, and and probably not even now round two, round three, or early round three. Where does, where does Damian Cook go in a draft league this year? Because hookers, the good ones, they're few and far between. Mm. Uh, I mean, how far will this guy slip?
3: I feel like he'll be a forgotten commodity, uh, maybe even by myself as well. I just think people will look elsewhere and forget about him. But factually, he's still very good, you know, 75 average. He had four scores over 90 last year, which is as many as Grant had, I'm pretty sure. So there's not much between the two of them, really. Everyone is talking about Grant, including myself. But if you take out the good run that the Storm have at the start compared to South, there's not much between them, in all honesty.
2: All right, been a little bit negative here about Damien Cook, what's the positive? Because, again, truth be told, he is still one of the best hookers in the game. There are a couple of knocks on him from a supercoach uh, perspective. But as you sort of said there at the start there, there will be a time when he is relevant. Uh, looking at this draw, that could very well be from around... Round well, I'm looking here. When would that be? Um, potentially round six from, from that point. They have the Bulldogs, round six. Dolphins, round seven. Tough game again, round eight, though. They have Panthers. Uh, so twice they play Panthers inside the first uh, two months. Away to Broncos, away to Storm. Then it's just about Origin. So there, maybe there is no good run there.
3: And then he doesn't play the grand final around 26. Yeah. So, like, yeah, and then you've got Origin through the middle, like you said, so... From a, from a fixture point of view, it is hard to make a case for him. As good as he's going to be, I'm sure. Um, it's just hard to pinpoint a time when you really do want him. Uh, I mean, the Storm you said there by is in round nine, so Green will be out that week. Yeah. But that's South still have hard games around there, from what you were just saying. So, yeah, we don't sound like we're too keen on Damian Cook overall, do we?
2: No. Uh, one man that we are more keen on, uh, and I'll put my hand up and say I'm leading this charge, is Reese Robson speaking about South's hard run. The Cowboys, it's it's polar opposites for them. Reese Robson, uh, we've got him here in the category of next best. So they were your two guns from last season, but your next best, who can improve upon last year and, and potentially challenge to sit in that gun status at the start of 2024? Reese Robson, he has to be in the conversation here. Uh, just pulling out some numbers here. Uh, 64 points per game last year from 24 games. But when he is playing 80 minutes, which we're hoping and fingers crossed that he does play more 80-minute games next season, or this season coming up, he averages 70.2. So that, I mean, if you're averaging 70 as a hooker, that's certified gun territory for mine.
3: Yeah, it's not far off the elite players we've just spoken about in Grant Cook. So, you know, this time last year, I probably wouldn't have expected us to be talking about Reese Robson third, as, a, as an option at Hooker in a classic competition.
0: Yeah.
3: But numbers don't lie. Last year was excellent. If the Cowboys can repeat what they did last year, mm. which I think is a little bit of an if, but if they can, he'll be going huge again. I think you've mentioned a couple of times their great run to start the year, which is another reason to start with him. The only thing I would say is this 80-minute stat, mm. what about Jake Granville? Coming in at age 34, is he going to be the fly in the
2: ointment? Geez, I hope not. I really hope not. I think he's—he just always seems to lurk around there. Even if it's 18th man, just seems to find a way into this Cowboys squad, which is concerning. So that's the only negative that I would have about Reese Robson. I think the fact that Cotters now transitioned from a you know backup number nine to a genuine uh, even prop or 13, I don't think Cotters an issue. Granville obviously is for as long as he's around. We'll say it again. They have 16 games uh, in Queensland, only eight games uh, out of the Sunshine State. Finals run. I mean, we'll talk finals soon, but that first eight weeks, we'll say it very quickly here. Home to Raiders, away to uh, Broncos, home to Warriors, home to Titans, away to Bulldogs, home to Dolphins, away to Warriors, home to Knights. It doesn't get much better. He could average 80 after eight weeks.
3: He could. And, you know, what is He's 130K cheaper than Harry Grant? We already said Cook's got a hard start to the year, and he's 100K more than Robson himself. Robson looks the next best best option. I have to agree with you, to be honest. I think you're going to go with Robson to start the year. Um, I would almost consider it too, you know, saving a little bit of money there, enough money that you could really use it in other places, and you're probably not losing too much if you're going off last year's numbers
2: couple of the other podcasts, they were, I mean, they're slowly. I think they're listening. Oh, they must be because slowly they're changing their tune for the first time ever. Uh, apparently, Harry Grant's left the, the SC Whisperers team and the Supercoach Experience guys. They're saying the same. They're all on the Robson train. I'm driving it. Um, let's leave that there for Robbo, I think, before um, I, I get too hard over Reese Robson. Let's move on to Appy Corus here because, look, as good as he is, again, another origin hooker. Uh, there will be question marks around Appy's super coach performance this year because he's going from the premiers to the wooden spooners, and more importantly, what is the style of play that the Tigers play with this year? What's their DNA now? New coach uh, and uh, and very much a new look team.
3: Yeah, it's an unknown commodity. I think um, you couldn't say it's a positive that he's leaving. You know, the premiers to a team that has run last a fair few times, or at least down the bottom of the ladder for the last ten years, really. So he is going to have to kind of reinvent himself a little bit. He'd be very used to playing, you know, with the likes of Cleary and Luai. He has to try and probably have a bigger hand at the West Tigers. Could that, you know, possibly help his scoring? If he's having to be more of one of the the main players in their attack, that's maybe a point for him.
2: Yeah, he probably runs the ball a bit more, doesn't he? Because he doesn't have Cleary, you know drilling into his right ear or Luoi on his left. The halves there will be we think Brooks on the left and Dewey on the right. If Coruscant sees something, he's now, you know, a veteran and elder statesman in that team. He's got the runs on the board to back it up mean you know back-to-back premierships there at Penrith. If he wants to pick up the ball and run, I mean, who are those who are those two or who is anyone else in that squad to tell him no he he can't or he shouldn't. I just want to think it it reminds me of when he was um, at Manly and he was sort of he burst onto the scene. I'm just looking here at his super coach numbers. They don't really back that up You know, way back in 2018 or 2016, uh, 2017 rather. 56 points per game, around that sort of mark. He will be better than that this year. Last year he averaged 63 points per game. Uh, and in the premiership year before that, 2021, uh, 55 points per game. The grand final year way back in 2020, 66 points per game. He's probably going to hover around that 60 points per game, Mark, won't he?
3: He will, but I don't know if that is good enough to justify the 660k price tag, really, when you can just pay a little bit more and probably get an elite hooker with much more chance of going big, perhaps. Uh, I would say, though, something that does drag down his numbers is the fact that in the last two seasons, he's only played 80 minutes 11 times, so he's mm-hmm. often was being subbed for Mitch Kenny. When he uh, did play 80 minutes, he averaged 69, which is getting basically seventies close to the elite numbers we're talking about. Yep. Maybe at West Tigers, he will get the opportunity to play 80 minutes.
2: Yeah, so that's that 69 points per game that he that he did when he did play 80 minutes last season. That's an extra six points per game on what he's currently priced at. So maybe it's the converse of what we're saying there. He may average between 60 and, and 70, but don't be shocked if it's sort of right around the, the mid-mark of that 63 as he sort of did last year. That would probably be a good result for him going to a lesser team, uh, you have to think. The only other knock there as well, is how do they use Will Smith again, a new signing at the club, and again that sort of that versatile number fourteen type role who could come on and spell Appy? Or, I mean, looking at this this lineup though, Appy may very well be the captain. You could think, or he'd go very close.
3: If I was a Tigers fan, I'd want Appy on the field for eighty minutes if he, he, he's capable of it. Because I don't think Will Smith's bringing much on to the field personally. Yeah. But look, if Appy hasn't played eighty minutes much in the past few seasons, maybe he's being brought there to play at a solid
2: 60. Okay. You mentioned they're paying, paying a little bit more for a gun. I want to throw the opposite at you. What about paying a-
0: I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
2: About 200 grand less for potentially a gun in the form of brandon smith you see him here on your screen there in the new tricolors of the sydney roosters four hundred and seventy-eight thousand dollars uh thereabouts for brandon new club uh potentially a new full-time role there at number nine he has sort of played in the middle be it you know at the front row or in lock previously at the melbourne storm amongst juggling his duties at number nine he is going to be a very popular pick You said it at the top tonight owned, the third most popular player as it stands.
3: How much of that do you reckon is name association? Just seeing Brandon Smith at such a low quote compared to some of the other options and not really digging too deep at the numbers. Because I don't think the numbers really back up the ownership
2: percentage. Well, that's it. Sort of like what you say there. Are people buying in because, well, there's probably two or three reasons. First first of those being his name's Brandon Smith and he you know he's Kiwi's number 9. Second of those is new signing uh, plenty of hype around his move to Sydney uh, and and how will that change his his role or his impact at the Roosters. But then is it just the price? Is it just purely that the $480,000 quote where it's more risk to go around him to not have him while everyone else is stacking cash and you're missing out on that as a super coach if you're not running with Brandon
3: it's an awkward price because it's, it's neither a cheapie and it's not a gun. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Do you play a gun and Brandon Smith or do you have Brandon Smith as your hooker and then have a cheapie as well? Um, that's probably a decision people are going to have to make because I don't know if he's good enough to carry your team at hooker as the main hooking option. But we'll see. Um, as you said here in our trusty notes, 25 tries from 75 games at hooker. That's a try every three games. So if he does get into good positions with the ball, with the Roosters, that will boost that number up, you'd have to think. And he'd be darting from dummy half as he loves to do.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, sorry, I'm going to pull you up here. I said the Roosters haven't had a genuine running hooker since probably Craig Wing. You think of all those years where they had Jake Friend. He was most usually a give and go to uh, Pierce or Maloney. So again, Roosters in, in their club's DNA, they don't often have a running number nine. I, I can't think of anyone other than Craig Wing himself. He was the one who had 75 games and 25 tries in that time. So that's one try every three games. So I'm thinking here, if, the, if Brandon's doing that, are we happy as super coaches? If he's scoring a try every three games, that's probably looking back to what he did in 2021 when he did average uh, mid-60s. So we, we probably wouldn't be disappointed with that. There are pros and cons of having him in your team. The pro is that. He's he's a try scoring number nine.
3: Well, the reason why I thought that was actually his stat is because you go back to 2021, I think he scored in nine straight games. Yeah. And that was all just barging over from dummy half. So he's definitely capable of scoring uh, a lot of tries and that's obviously going to boost his points. There is cons though, um, and I, I'll get into them now because <laughs> I have a few for Brandon, to be honest. But I don't think he'll play 80 minutes. Um, he rarely has played 80 minutes in the past few seasons. I think Bruce has brought Jake Turpin for a reason. He's no superstar, but he can come on and do a job for 25. Yep. Even Drew Hutchison is probably lingering around there as well.
2: We spoke about this the other day when the news of Connor Watson's patella tendon uh, injury broke. Was it, uh, Naturally, you assume it's just going to help Radley um, because you think, okay, well, there's one less threat to Radley's minutes. But you're you're saying, and probably rightfully so, that that won't be the case. If anything, it probably uh, it probably just assures up um, Turpin a little bit more, and Hutchison probably more so. But I think it, I think potentially it could. The main beneficiary out of all of this could be Victor Radley. Do you see the merit there? Because I think most often Radley was coming off for Watson. I don't think they're bringing Radley off for Turpin, and shifting cheese to thirteen. I don't see that happening. I think Turpin's an out-and-out number nine. He'll just come on and spell Brandon. Radley could get bigger minutes.
3: Yeah, no, I I do agree with that, actually. I don't know if Radley's capable of playing more minutes. Probably is, as long as he keeps his temper. But, uh, no, that's probably right. I just don't think Smith will get... I don't think he'll be moving to 13 often. I think he's going to be there out-and-out number nine. For now, uh, the other cons I had was he only averaged 45 last year. Obviously, different kettle of fish. Um, I don't think the Storm were at their best. Smith wasn't playing great minutes either. Yep. Maybe had one eye on this year, perhaps, with the big move coming. So perhaps that is a forgive. And also, uh, he loses the dual status, which I was surprised about. I thought he would still have the 2RF and the hooker, but just a hooker.
2: Yeah, it certainly hurts. You can't carry him there. The, the cons as well for Brandon, from a draw sense, is that Uh, Previously, he was a great buy around origin time because you knew Harry Grant was going uh, and you knew he was going to get bigger minutes there around origin time uh, as uh, the Storm traditionally lost a whole heap of stars. The Roosters, though, looking at this, they have the buy in round 13s and round 19. So twice in that origin window, as we're calling it, 13 to 19, they're not going to be there. Um, and I think that knocks Turpin as well. well. We'll get to Turpin a little bit later. This is the can improve segment, just to recap. So, Brandon, we, we do think he can improve upon that, that price of 478K. Where that ceiling is, his absolute uh, max price point, we, we don't know. Not, not quite yet anyway.
3: No, it's definitely a risk versus reward with Brandon Smith, or well, probably not even much of a risk, really, in terms of you're not going to lose money. I don't think he's going to go uh, low scoring to lose cash at that low base it's more just is he going to make you is he going to get you the points you need when other people are running cook and grant and robson if brandon's be only churning out of 50 it might be hurting you
2: yeah it's points versus cash the oh, the age-old super coach head scratcher that one okay we'll leave brandon there uh, another team in red and blue not so much white though the newcastle knights Jaden braley now a name that has at times been super coach relevant And at this price, I'm going to say he's probably going to, he will be worth consideration. Whether or not anyone actually pulls the trigger on on Jaden Braley at $607,000 remains to be seen. He finished the last month of 2022. Now, this is what's going to get people's uh, ears pricked. The last month, so the final four games of last season, he finished at an average of 71 points per game. Although coming into the new season, he's only priced at 58 points per game. I say here he's probably not one that you'd think of straight away when you're building your classic team. Uh, He just doesn't have the big ceiling. And the Knights, you know they're going to be hard-pressed to make the top eight.
3: No, all those are fair points. He doesn't have the big ceiling, but he has a big motor. He's going to play 80 minutes every week. And his base stats and just general scoring, he's good for a 60 every week minimum, really. But he's never gone above a 75. So... You're going to hang your hat on him. Whether you want that in your classic team or not, when you've got other players, you could get 100. I don't know. He's not exactly cheap either at 607000 Yeah. So you're paying a lot for someone who's just going to turn out a good score, not a great score. Maybe in draft comps, he's the way to go.
2: So compare that with Reese Robson. So Robbo, uh, someone that we, you know, we've spoken of a hell of a lot tonight, and I think we will continue when we get into the Cowboys uh, throughout the season. Robbo, six hundred seventy-eight k. Jay Braley, 607 k so about a $70,000 difference. At this count, you'll get there for Braley. Uh, we said last year, Robson twice in 24 games a 100+. Jaden Braley has only once... I can't believe this stat. I was trawling through the depths of NRL Supercoach stats online. He's only once scored 100-plus in his career, which has been 102 NRL games. So at 1%, call it 1%. One every 100 games he scores... 100-plus supercoach points, and that was way back in uh, round 24 of 2019.
3: It's a pretty big sample size. Uh, only once in 102 games, so it doesn't fill you a lot of confidence. And you just have to think, if you're comparing Robson to Braley, you just have to think Cowboys are going to have a lot better year than Newcastle. Yeah, I'd rather be with a Cowboys hooker than a Knights hooker. Much better attacking side. So I just think is a little bit too expensive for classic...
2: Okay, before we round out the last of this can-improve uh, bracket, you want to talk about Reid Marnie. Of course, another one of those big off-season moves. Uh, Brendan obviously highlights that. Happy probably <laughs> a close second. Reid Marnie, he's bobbing in for the bronze here. $574,000 from the grand finalists, the Eels, to a team which has contended at the other end of the ladder for most recent seasons, the Bulldogs.
3: Yeah, I feel like he's going to be a forgotten man, and maybe rightly so. His average last year did drop to 55. Uh, It was 13 points down in 2021, and I think this time last year, you know, we were talking him up as one of the key options at Hooker, but he really did not kick on and didn't make a lot of sense why. He seemed like he was playing well, but it just wasn't equating to super coach points. My only theory maybe is that, you know, Dylan Brown, Clint Gutherson, Mitch Moses just demanded a lot of the ball there. And Marnie wasn't given a lot of his own, I guess, license to roam free. Maybe that will change at the Dogs. Maybe similar to the Coruscant, a change of environment could help his scoring.
2: Certainly, yeah. I mean, what about the impact of Burton, though? And there's other big names down that left side, Ado Carr, Kick-Out. Do you think that plays a role? It could actually help his game, you know. He... he you think of Reed Marnie, and when he does have attacking involvements, it's that short crash ball at the line. Previously to like a Junior Bolo or a Lee, uh Ryan Madison perhaps, he's going to have those same sort of threats on the Bulldogs' edges. So again, it, it probably isn't going to hurt him too much having those names outside him screaming for the footy. You'd
3: like to think not, and i just go back to Jeremy Marshall-King as well. Last year for the Dogs, they number nine, average 58. Um He's a good player, but I think Rebound is a class above. And if he can fit into that same position, perhaps he can go a little bit better than even that. Um, price four set, uh, sorry five seventy four. It's not super cheap. It's kind of in that awkward, not a star, not a cheapy. So it doesn't make it hard to kind of get him. But I do think he'd be a genuine pod for your team.
2: He's a Queenslander, so we know he likes playing in that. You know, heat of the day. Um, they do have plenty of day games we said this about the dogs didn't we 18 day games they only play one night game from round 12 until round 27 there are three buys in that period but only one night game for pretty much the back half of the year so again if he can get front front foot footy and get the roll on and start to run a lot more he he could be anything to quote the guru he could be anything
3: it could be anything. Look, maybe more in draft again, someone that might slip under the radar. i not thinking of him, but he could have a big year. I really do think that.
2: Rightio, let's move on to the cheapies, uh, and there are going to be a couple of these. Some will be good. Some will make money. Others probably going to be a, a very slow burn or potentially become a headache as the season rolls on. I want to talk about one that is one of the more popular players uh, owned to this point. That is uh, a name we mentioned earlier, Ray Stone of the Dolphins. Now he's coming back off that ACL injury that he suffered against the Storm last year when playing for the Eels. Dual position, second row, Hawker. So that's why we're talking about him tonight. He is owned here by 25.6% of all super coaches. Uh, So people have found him early doors. They have.
3: And I get why 100%. I think in a lot of predicted Dolphins teams, they're expecting him to be starting somewhere in that. Board pack in the back row. I just he's very cheap, obviously, and you can do a job making money, but I don't think he's going to get you any sort of scoring. There's nothing to suggest that his mm-hmm. highest yearly average so far is 31 in four years of, or five years of playing NRL. So you're really taking a punt on him, I
2: think. Yeah, we're looking at him to make 50 tackles a game. That's, that's what it is. Attacking stats are probably going to be few and far between. But if he can, as we sort of say, if he can just get that average up to around 50, straight away you're looking very close to around 500k eventually. Um, how long that takes to be, again, we'll have to wait and see. If If he's off the bench, then again, that's probably where he starts to become a headache. Because if he's just around the 25, 30 points per game, we've seen this in previous seasons, haven't we? One who stands out from last year is Andrew Fafita. Different sort of player, but just was forever stuck between 20 and 30 points a game. He just couldn't seem to just get out of that hole.
3: Yep, and it becomes a big problem when you want to start loopholing and whatnot. You end up copying that score. So you just got to be careful with these cheapies. Uh, When they stop making money get rid of them. If they're only making 20 points, because this is going to get in your way.
2: Yeah. Okay, uh, we mentioned uh, how Reid Marnie has left the Eels. That's opened the door for Josh Hodgson to make way uh, up to Sydney from Canberra. Canberra, a veteran, wasn't he? And, and a good servant to that club. But again, a fresh start at... Uh, how old is this bloke now? He'd be 35 in the shade, surely. Yeah,
3: 33. Um, I think 34 later in the season. Look, he's a complete unknown quantity. I initially him in my team, in the team picker. Don't know if he'll still be there in two months' time. But, yeah, I think it's just name association with him, you know, especially being a Raiders fan myself. He was such a good player for the Raiders. He was probably the second-best hooker in the comp for a while there. His scoring on Supercoach was solid. He's usually good for around a 55 to 60, which at this price is great. You know, after all these injuries and years later, is he going to be able to repeat that? It's a big question mark, but you're only paying 385 to find out.
2: I just want to look here at the Paramount Real side. Now, we put this up on our Instagram at Supercoach365 yesterday. Uh, potentially, in terms of that number 14, who could give him a spell? they got Jacob Arthur here uh, on the bench, and looking through some of the wider squad, you could only probably think Dejan Arcee. Obviously, Mitch Rain is there, he's a number nine. But he's been pretty much unsighted at Parramatta for some time. Maybe it is that Hodgson Rain combination. But even still, you think Hodgson would still probably play fifty minutes. That might be enough to to be super coach relevant.
3: Yeah, it would just be interesting to see how he fits into the team because he's capable of playing eighty, definitely, as long as his body hasn't completely given up on him, which it might have. But um, just they have so many cooks in the kitchen now, para because Hodgson's almost like a seven in a way, yeah. and they've got Brown, Moses, and Guther who are all playmakers in their own right. So. How he fits into that, maybe that means he doesn't get high scoring because the other three are commanding the ball too much. I don't know. There's a lot of, I guess, issues, but there's also some upside, I think, with Josh Hodgson.
2: Okay, maybe you've got your, uh, your Raiders goggles on there. I would probably have him in the avoid just because he is first up, off an ACL. He's not getting any younger. You know, there are a lot of Chiefs there um, at the Eels. Let's talk some avoids, though. And this is where we're going to go uh, head-to-head on, on a couple of these as well. So I'm happy to pot Josh, Hod- Josh Hodgson. I'm also happy to pot Mitch Kenny, $310,000. You can probably throw Sonny Luke into that as well at 234 k or thereabouts. Who announces themselves out of those two to take over the role from Appy? You'd probably lean towards Kenny. You'd have to think
3: Kenny's done his time, I guess, the last few years, uh, it seems like he's been on the bench for Penrith for, for a long time now, just behind Coruscant. Um And he's done a good job when Coruscant has been off in Origin and things like that. So when I saw Kenny at 310, I was actually pretty excited. But then you, you dig deeper at his numbers, and as you've pointed out here, you know, you only, he, he played 60 minutes per game in 2021, which is a good knock. He only averaged 36. So he might only play 60 this year with Sonny Luke coming to relieve him for 20 minutes. So... If he's only churning out those sort of numbers, uh, you wouldn't be thrilled.
2: What was he doing in 2021? 60 minutes, he's scoring 36. I will say that. That was the inflated scoring year. So the Panthers, obviously a a great team in that year, went into win the premiership. Maybe they just, he spent half the time standing around while Nathan Cleary was kicking goals. Just watching. (laughs) Or he's doing laps. I mean, I don't know. You know, 0.5 points per minute for a hooker. It just doesn't seem right. I'm happy to go around him. I think those two will split the minutes, as you say there. I I think as well Tyrone Peachy could even play a bit of number nine. Anyway, uh, you think he's done his time? You think he's ready for a a jersey? I don't.
3: Look, I think he's ready for a jersey. I think he'll get the run at it for a while, but whether or not that translates into points,
2: it probably doesn't, to be honest. Rightio, and the last here in our avoid section, the last player that we will speak of tonight before we get to our listener Q&As is Jake Turpin. We alluded to him uh, previously when we were speaking about Brandon Smith. $296,000. If he's there for round one, number 14 for the Roosters, would you be any part inclined to to run a Harry Grant at 816 or thereabouts and have a Jake Turpin backing him up, making some cash, sort of like you would have last year when you had Harry Grant and Chris Randall there.
3: It was different last year because, are you saying if Jake Turpin starts on the bench? Because he's on the bench, I'm not going near him. Chris Randall was starting last year.
2: Yeah.
3: Turpin, will even make money if he's on the bench? I don't know. The only way I see him becoming a factor is if, cheese or radley gets suspended which is a probability to be honest at some stage and then he'll go in and start at nine but beyond that i'm avoiding him i just don't think he has any sort of value
2: yeah and again there like you sort of say there are options there around uh cheese to play nine if for whatever reason he is injured mid-game or during the week we, just, we saw it as recent as last year. I think Drew Hutchinson started some games at Hooker or in the centers. He, he, he's very versatile. I don't think he's a premiership winning number nine, Drew Hutchinson. I don't think Jake Turpin is either. I think they're well acquainted there by the time that uh, Cheese gets uh, back to his best and Radley has played mm-hmm. nine before. I think there's just too many names around him. Will I start with him? No. Will I look to him? Probably not. Again, as we sort of said with uh, Brandon Smith Roosters have some shocking buys around the origin time, and that's the only time when he would have become relevant otherwise. So Jake Turpin, not for ours.
3: Yeah, I'm going around him. I, I think it's a tough category overall to summing up. Like I, As I said, I'm keen on Grant, and I think uh, the credentials of Robson can't be ignored, as, as you've really pointed out. Cook will do a job at some part of the year. But you get down to these cheaper options, and now I do kind of understand why people are going with Brandon Smith uh, because he has a lot more legs than other people that are cheap in this category i think
2: yeah and hopefully at that price he can put those legs to use tommy let's leave it there in terms of our i guess our structure around how we're going to do this uh podcast tonight let's get into a few of these listener q and a's uh love this it always opens some can of worms or cans of worms depending of how many worms there are to be opened uh there are a couple of questions here so we might have to uh, get through these quite quickly First one here from Kai Ehrman, mid-range option. I think we've said enough about Brandon Smith tonight. Let's look at some of these other names that you, that you are playing around, probably 400 to 550. Jeremy Marshall King, Blake Braley, some names here that we haven't spoken about yet tonight. Uh, Blake and the Sharks, they have a pretty good run, I'm, I'm led to believe. Jeremy Marshall King, any love for JMK at the Dolphins?
3: He was great last year. Complete surprise packet for me. He averaged 58. I uh, was not expecting that. Can he repeat it at the Dolphins? I don't think so, personally. I think mid-rangers, yeah, Brandon Smith is an obvious one. Reed Marnie, if you want to reach to 574, could have some upside too.
2: I think what concerns me with uh, Marshall King this year is they don't buy Cody Nicorima not to give him a run. You know, he's going to be 14. He's, he's a great number 14. There will be a utility option on the bench to cover injuries. I just think that Marshall King, as good as he is, and he can, he can play 80, I don't know if he does. So someone who makes plenty of tackles, he's going to need to be out there for minutes. I don't think the Dolphins will be scoring a whole heap of tries. He was a try scorer, though, at the back in the last year for the Bulldogs. He did score a couple of them.
3: Yeah, he's a he's a dynamic player, but I think he just suited that dog's style. They were quite open by the end of the year, like you're saying there. I'm not sure a Wayne Bennett coached Dolphins are going to be they're going to be more defensive minded, I'd imagine.
2: And we saw what Wayne Bennett did to Damien Cook when he was there. He just took that running game yeah. uh, right away from him. Another name there though, uh, Aaron Clark, dual position eligible. We think he's going to play lock. And the Titans have shored up that number nine area around Sam Verrills. And uh, Chris Randall, of course, has moved from Newcastle to the Gold Coast. So Aaron Clark, he looks a genuine number 13 this year. At the price, there will be some takers. At this stage, I'm not one of them, but I think he's priced at around a 47-point-per-game average. Dual position player, he's a Kiwi, so he won't be there come origin time Uh, in, in terms of a Maroons jersey. He could be someone that we start to look to towards round 13 onwards.
3: Yeah, maybe maybe in that middle part of the year where we're looking to these obscure options. I don't think you could start with him. There's just too much up in the air with the Titans and who's going to play where, but maybe down the track, yeah.
2: I mentioned round 13 there. I should have said they do actually have three of their buys before round 16. That would have to be one of the earliest teams to wrap up their buys. The Titans, buys in round 5, buy in round 13, buy in round 16 there's just no fluency there for the titans we'll see how that impacts them
3: conversely though uh when you you get to around 16 we'll be looking to titans to sort of bring us into the end of the year for feeders and tinos maybe
2: yep great shout, great shout. looking here as well i think they have in their last one two three four five six seven eight nine weeks i think they have six home games so again that could be an angle as well uh playing up there at uh stadium that question was from Luke Smithson, we should have said. Uh, Junior Glover here says, starting both Aaron Clark and Brandon Smith a genuine option. Could you go double mid-ranger and, and go around Grant, Robson, Cook?
3: I feel like you have to have one of Grant, Robson, Cook. I Personally, I think you have to have one of those three. Would you agree or no?
2: Yeah, I, I think it would be a nervous watch any time the Cowboys and Storm step out, wouldn't it?
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's too hard, I think. There's just not the ceiling that other players they don't have the ceiling that those three do.
2: Yeah, you need a bit of luck with Brandon. You need him to score a, a try every second week. Uh Pettit 787 again says JMK to average 65 plus. That was his bold prediction. Now Rugby League Live 5 asked this question. They've since rebranded their Instagram account to at rugby league Realm. Check it out, they do some good stuff. Uh they're more into the sort of FIFA ultimate team style. Content. Uh, give him a check uh, over at Instagram at rugby league realm. He says here Hodgson is in no way a super coach option. I think this one was targeted at you, Tom. No way is Josh Hodgson an option uh, returning from a year off and hasn't averaged sixty plus into 2018. I don't think that's the point though. We're not we're not asking him to average sixty plus if you are playing with him.
3: No, I'm not expecting him to. I mean, I'd love to see fifty plus, and I think that's very very achievable if he's playing north of 60 minutes for the Eels. But, and, you know, it's just the price, purely at the price, as we say every day, $385,000. He he's probably the best player there that's under. Other than Brandon Smith, he's the best, next best player, I think.
2: You'd think about it. you think about it. Okay, um, another one here says, any love for Marshall King, Riley Milton Four, Yes, I think there, there's some love. We're not in love with him there's a bit of... Uh, our hearts are fluttering towards the Dolphins, number nine. Anthony Golden says here, cheese with the full preseason back at nine. He will be back to Dallium hooker form. I mean, I'm not going to say no.
3: I'm not saying no either. The only thing... That year when he was massive... He went massive, sorry. The Storm, I think they had the most points scored... Of any team ever wasn't it they had that massive run of 10 games they scored 40 points yeah. he was scoring every week it was just a freak situation i don't know if it's going to repeat itself
2: will we ever see another year like that i mean you think of tommy turbo carving up that year they didn't win the comp manly storm didn't win the comp panthers just timed their runs so well didn't they can you believe they scored what was it 40 points in 10 straight games what you just said?
3: It was something like that. Like, Nico Hines was getting 100 every week. Grant was going big. Cheese was scoring. I think he scored eight or nine weeks in a row. So yeah, okay. it was just an anomaly. Like, maybe he could score a few tries this year, but I don't think he's going to be reaching those heights again, personally.
2: Right, yeah, let's skip through a couple of these. Plenty of questions around here. Mitch Kenny, uh, Aaron Clark, Reed Marnie here. This is a bold prediction from NT Outlaw 11. Reed Marnie, Dallium Hooker of the Year. Are you buying, are you buying those shares?
3: I don't hate it. I, I don't know if I'd agree with it, but I do think super coach option, perhaps.
2: Uh, Adrian Ives says here, year of the Brayley, Jaden and Blake to both finish in the top five. We probably glossed over Blake Brayley tonight. Um, yeah. Anything there that takes your fancy, I, I think he's got room for improvement in his game. He can probably be a little bit more attacking, but you look at the work that Nico Hines does there, uh, and Matt Moylan even last year, found some form. I don't think there's need for Braley to be too attacking. His service is great, and I think that's just his role in that team.
3: I think we've been very harsh on Braley to not mention him in this whole podcast because, you know, he's he's pretty expensive. What is he? He's 6'17", six, so he's 50K less than Coruscant. But he averaged 60 last year, which is probably what Coruscant is going to average as well. 80 minutes every week in a team which I think a lot of people are saying the Sharks have another easy run. Which they seemed to last year, and it worked well for them. He's only getting older, more experienced, gelling better with Heinz, and that. We probably are, he's flying under the radar, you'd have to say.
2: I did do some numbers into preseason before we sort of sat down and planned out what, what the year looks like in terms of preseason content. So I came up with this metric involvement percentage. So, a player's involvement in their team's tries, be it scoring the try, assisting the try, or a try contribution. I put these numbers together. Cody Walker topped the list at 50%. Phenomenal. For the Sharks, Nico Hines was 44%. So, that was equal second across the whole league with Ben Hunt, Adam Reynolds. So, Nico Hines, his involvement in tries. Would you believe that Matt Moylan, the old legs, they shall not weary. Forty percent he was involved Matt Moylan was involved in 40 percent of the sharks tries. what I'm getting at here is is Heinz and Moylan they're all over it uh, Blake Braley while we we're on him he was only 19 percent so straight away you see his job isn't to be involved as a creator it's just to give the ball to Heinz and Moylan they'll do the rest
3: yeah he's very similar to his brother isn't he a Newcastle really he's got that big motor 80 minutes will turn out 60 without it without issue yep. but he's probably never getting above seven is he
2: And when he does, he's probably laid on a try or scored one himself. Yeah, anyway. All right, another one here. uh, Two more, we'll we'll wrap it up after these two. Does Turpin come into play now with the Roosters with Watson going down? We think he's number 14 at best. And probably not too much more.
3: Yeah, wait and see. But yeah, not, not to start with, I don't think so, no.
2: Here we go. This is a, a fun that I want to wrap us up from the SC Whisperer. We mentioned him at the start. We'll mention him here. We'll be the last one before we wrap this up. What would Mark Riddell average if he was in 2023 if he was kicking goals? Well, he's
3: actually written 2033, but I'm assuming that's wow. a, a typo because then it's really getting juicy. But um, no, nah, look, he, he was a goal kicker. He was a goal kicker and he kicked pretty well with that left arm in the air. So I don't know, maybe around 50 or
2: 55. He was at the Dragons, though, so they might not be scoring too many tries. He may not be kicking too many goals, Mark Riddell. Um, let's leave it there, Tommy. Another great episode. Great to be here talking all things number nine. In summary, where are we going? Where, where are you thinking at the moment? As your team stands tonight, who are your two number nines?
3: I'm sticking solo with Harry Grant. Not going to change there, I don't think. I've got Josh Hodgson at the moment, but that's very much up in the air.
2: Rightio, I think as it stands, I'm with Robson and Cheese. I'm happy to be with Robbo, I just think. You're going to get value there. In terms of points, I'm hoping not too dissimilar to Harry Grant. I'm completely laying Damian Cook. Cheese, I could go without him, but I think as I sort of said at the, at the top there, I think you're more at risk of doing yourself more damage by playing without him than you are by playing with him. He is going to be very uh, highly owned, as he is tonight. The third most owned player. You just, you just have him there as a security blanket. You're not going to lose ground, I don't think, by having Brandon Smith in your team. Yeah,
3: I just wish he was a dual. If he was dual position, I would honestly have him, but that's that's the clincher for me, so I'm probably going to run without. But, you know, there's two months left, so let's see.
2: Rightio, uh very quickly before we do wrap this up, a uh, big couple of uh, days and weeks coming up, Tommy. Uh, what's next on the agenda? I think the next time we catch up, we're going to be talking front row. Front row forwards and second row forwards. Yeah, working
3: our way down the, the super coach grid, I guess. Uh, we've still got well, we've got eight weeks or so till the season, but that'll go very fast. Trials in a month or so, so we better get stuck into it.
2: We better. So stick around for that. As we say, uh, you can catch all of that on the podcast or on YouTube if you're watching us here now. Head on over if you're not. Give us a look. Uh, a couple of graphics, we threw them up on the screen tonight, so... You can check that out uh, if you are watching us on YouTube. If you haven't, before you find us at SuperCoach365 on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe, and across the socials as well, at SuperCoach365. Until next time, Ryan and Tommy here, and we'll catch you
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well?